0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk sport, powered by fans.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by MuckDelivery, bringing you the food you love.
1: Hello and welcome back to Rams Talk Podcast. We are here today after, I'd say, it's a mixed week at Derby. Uh, I think the majority of the week's not been too great after a really disappointing defeat to uh, Charlton Athletic. But we've turned it around, 3-0 win against, let's be honest, a pretty poor Port Vale side, but we still play them off the park all the same, which is great to see. And joining me today to talk about, I'd say both games, but it's going to be about Port Vale, isn't it? Uh, First off, we've got Adam Titley. How are you, mate?
2: Yeah, I'm very good. Um, Much better after that win yesterday. Um, Reinstalled the confidence back in me for the rest of the season. Here we go.
1: (laughs) Here we go, exactly. Uh, And we've also got Vic Singh. How are you,
3: Vic? Good evening, lads. Yeah, not too bad. Buzzing after another win. I think we needed it, to be
1: honest. But uh, yeah, let's get cracking straight into it. Absolutely, we definitely did need it. And uh, a face uh, that's quite familiar on the podcast, been on a few times, Rob, but uh, the, 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 your company is a bit more well-known in Derby now. Uh, Rob Gregory from FanHub. How are you, Rob? And, and tell us all about the new deal.
4: Yeah, good, and thanks for having me on, Jake. Superb to be partnering with the club, to be rewarding Rams fans, some really exciting stuff coming from FanHub onto the app. Um, I can't wait for you guys to see it. I think you'll be surprised and excited to get involved. As a fan of Derby all my life, it's like an absolute dream to be a partner with the club. I can't tell you how proud I was yesterday. Um, so, yeah, over the moon. And Paul Wilmer and that bubble, that was just the absolute ice on the cake. I like, don't believe
1: <laughs> No, I can imagine. I can imagine. It's uh, Yeah, it's good to see. I mean, all of us use the app, don't we? Um, usually getting about four out of 11 on our predictions with Derby <laughs> every week. So, yeah, it's good to, see, uh, good to see Fan Hub and Derby team up. But right, let's get right into it. And Adam, there's only one place we can start today, and that's talking about Derby's two wing backs. Now, there are two players that have been criticised a lot this season. Uh, Louis Sibley, you know, obviously he had that breakthrough season where he was great. I don't think he's ever really rediscovered that form as as much as he has before. And Joe Ward, since he's come in, I mean, we've been quite critical on here of him. I don't think he's hit the heights that we expected. Uh, Obviously, that first pre-season game against Matlock, he looked brilliant. Uh, and then he hasn't really shown that since. But both of them were fantastic yesterday. Two goals, uh, maybe, for Sibley. Uh, still not sure about that first one, but we can, we can let him have it. And uh, two assists for Joe Ward as well. How impressed were you with Derby's wing-back?
2: Yeah, I think I was really impressed. And I think yesterday their quality is what what got us the goals at the end of the day, really. I mean, they put in superb performances. I think before the game, I was quite nervous. Um, after the Charlton and Barnsley resort, I was a little bit a little bit nervous about how we were going to play. I, I could just see it panning out being a, a 2-1 loss, same as last season. But, but thankfully, Joe Ward, I mean, that's his best game in the Derby County shirt, isn't it, so far? And hopefully he's going to hit form with the remaining 10 games to go because we've seen how good he can be in his, his crosses into the box at a second and on their inch-perfect. And there's not many other players in the team who can rival him when putting balls into the box that good. At pace, and he seemed to beat his man every time he ran at him, which isn't something we've seen from Joe Ward yet. Um, and then Louis Sibley, I think every Derby County fan, even the ones who criticise him the most, secretly love him a little bit. You can't not love a player who's come through and, and supports the club, and and who's trying his best. And then yesterday to get the two goals, I mean, it's it's great that he, he keeps adding to his tally, and hopefully he can continue to grow into that role because it's such a weird transition from attacking midfielder to midfielder to, to left back. Um sort of like how most Sunday league careers go really, isn't it? I think we all started up front and then ended up in the full back positions. Um come the end of it. Or well, definitely mine did. That's how mine went. So um yeah it was it was brilliant yesterday and their and their quality was was second to none and, and Portville couldn't couldn't handle it at the day.
1: Yeah, you've already talked my ear off enough times about your ten goal season. Was it ten goals at Winslow? when you were like eleven 11? goals, mate? Eleven goals. Wow. And now you're at right back. So yeah, it does. It does kind of make sense. Um, one of the things Adam said there, Vic, is is he's talking about Joe Ward's delivery, and ironically, his delivery for Sibley's first goal was rubbish. Uh, he's trying to find Dyke Gale in the box, uh, completely miss it, and it just happens to fall to Louis Sibley, but. What Joe Ward does offer is he will always put balls into the box, and even if it's not exactly where it needs to go, the bend, the swerve, the curly gets on it always makes defenders sort of panic a little bit. It was his best game, as Adam said, in a in a derby shirt. Can he grow from here?
3: Uh, I think he should. I mean, if, I think what he needs is a run of games in the side. I think we saw him his last good game before that was Charlton away. I thought he was brilliant that day as well. Uh, he seems to have a bit of a period where he comes into the side, has a brilliant performance, and then he's out again. Um, I'd like to see, hopefully, getting a bit of consistency in the side. I was actually quite surprised he was in the uh, starting eleven, if I'm honest. I didn't actually consider him, if I'm being truthful, but it goes to show what I know. But uh, yeah, uh, Joe Ward, he really impressed yesterday. Um, I'm I'm pleased to see him have a good game because I think we've been waiting for that sort of Joe Ward performance all season. So, especially with the business end here, the, the run-in now... Well and truly on. We needed the points. It's good to see players come in and just start straight in. Again, another mention for Sibley as well. Can we just change him to left wing-back now? Change his position. He's he's just much better there than he is anywhere else on the pitch. Uh, and he's probably a ready-made replacement for him. Forsyth
1: with ours as well. But yeah, long
3: may uh, Joe Ward's good form
1: continue. <laughs> I've seen so many people on Twitter stealing that, by the way, Vic. Mate, I'm trademarking <laughs> it now, I'm telling you. <laughs> You're definitely going to have to. And and Damo McDermott said in the comments it was an own goal. You're wrong, Damo. It was a a pinpoint finish from Sibley into the bottom corner. Uh, But Rob, I mean, as Adam said already, uh, everyone wants to see Louis Sibley succeed, even those that have been critical of him, because he is a lad. He's he's local. He's come through the academy. I I think he was eight or nine or something like that when he joined Derby's academy. Uh, And here he is playing in the first team in his early 20s. As Vic says there, his left wing-back seems to be his position. He seems to have found a home there. Um, he looks comfortable. Even though he's not the best defensively all the time, he still puts in good performances. How impressed were you with him? And can you see him keeping that up?
4: I mean, there's that famous tweet where someone compares him with Bellingham, isn't it, at the start, um, which <laughs> always tickles me because he always comes back to it, whoever the guy is, he, he kind of put it out. But... Um... Yeah, I was impressed with him yesterday. His tenacity is superb. His attitude is superb, and he's a real poor, warm player. I'm surprised he's not had kind of. I know he gets a lot of game time recently, but he's not always been first choice on the team sheet for him. I do think left wing back is his strongest position at the moment? Well, I do sometimes think he's quite good in behind the striker. He offers something going forward certainly, and he's. He's got a decent pop shot on him. He's got goals in him, which we need to contribute, especially at the moment without a recognised... Well, Dwight Gale's arrived, but you know, without a recognised striker at the moment, James Collins. Um, I think he's definitely similar to that place. it would be interesting when Forsyth's fit, whether he comes straight back in or, or what happens. Um, obviously, he's playing about with the back line and no doubt they'll all be needed at some point. We seem to be really unlucky with injuries this season. So it's just good that we've got options that we feel confident with, certainly at the back, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, Adam, Paul Warren said in his post-match press conference, it's good to have the, the right headaches, isn't it? When you've got so many players that are in semi-decent form, at least, fighting for the same positions, it can only be a good thing. And, you know, Rob's mentioned there, talking about Louis Sibley's, I mean, he called it pot shots there, but Sibley's second goal, he took like a a goal scorer, a proper proven striker. You know, Ward's ball hung up to the far post, takes a touch and thunders a half volley into the top corner. I mean, we've said a lot, haven't we, over the last couple of years, can Sibley back up his performances with more performances? And I'd say that, you know, in, in three home games, he's really you know, stood up and performed in two of them. So, I mean, I, I said to Rob, do you think he can keep it up? Do you think he can keep it up?
2: I, I think so, maybe this season. Taking things into consideration, he's starting to hit form. You know, that left back spot he or left wing back spot, he can almost solidify as his own with Forsyth being out um injured. He can could really make that his own. I know we like to chop and change at times with, with rotating players, but that left wing-back spot, I would say, you know, I think it's up for contention, really, for Louis Sibley to make it his own um, for the remainder of the season. Um, so, hopefully, he can. You know, he's starting to back it up with goals as well. And I mean, two goals from from almost left-back, left-wing-back is superb in itself in one game. Um, so, hopefully, he can I think that's, what, four goals for him now this season so far, I would say, I think. Um, and hopefully he can add a couple more and because um, they'll be really helpful in the running. And and with 10 games to go, like I say, we need players to hit form. We need players to be able to hold down those positions. You know, it's it's good to have good headaches about team selection, but you also want players to be hitting bang on form now with 10 games to go. You don't want to get too lost in the in the crazy running that will come in and, and trying too much tactically. You just almost want to continue your style and hopefully continue the the good form of results that we know we can get.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you talk about style there, Vic. Um, We've been really critical on here. I think Derby fans on social media have been critical as well about Derby constantly playing a back five. And I think when we've played it, it has been a back five, three centre backs and basically two full backs. And Derby just haven't had that creativity going down the line. We've always sort of looked one dimensional. We've not had any angles to play off, you know, especially when we play the likes of Niambi, who is a brilliant defender. But when you play him at wing back, you've basically got another centre back playing. Um, and then Joe Ward and Louis Sibley have come in. Obviously, Ward was a winger that's transitioned to a wing back. Sibley is an attacking midfielder that's transitioned to a wing back. It became a back three. And all of a sudden, Derby looked much more confident. They looked much more attacking. Do you think we need to stay with this back three system, keep having our wide players sit further up the pitch or do you think it was just a one-off because Port Vale weren't a great side?
3: I think it was probably a one-off because Port Vale were pretty awful last night, uh, yesterday. But um, I'd like to see it going forward. I just think with that youth and that exuberance on either wing back, I think going forward, if, if this is what Paul Wants Football is all about, is to try to get those wingers down the line, get the balls into the box. Then You've got two perfectly good players more than capable of doing it. Joe Ward, we know he's, with his delivery, he's a dead ball specialist, isn't he? Like, literally, any time he pings that ball, it's it's going to find someone or it's going to go across that danger, the danger zone. The same with Sibley. It's, like we said, he's naturally left-footed, so it makes sense for him to cross it in with his left or cut in inside and take that shot like he did for the uh, the second goal. So, um, I'd like to see it continue as long as they're, they're playing the wing-back role because with the back three, again, you've got Sonny Bradley Cashin, and Nelson. You've got your safety net there. Ebu, uh, if he needs to he can drop back there as well um, so yeah we need to be more progressive we're, like we said we're in the business end of the season now. every game counts every attack counts so we need to score a lot of goals get the points on the board and if we really want to be in that top two position come end of the season this is where your money's earned now so hopefully we can see this going forward um, and yeah I just want to see it I don't want to say long may it continue anymore, but I just,
1: to, <laughs> I just want to see see this see this good form keep continuing. Let Sibley and uh, Ward run riot. I prefer long may it continue to that Vic. I think it, it flows a lot better. It's a bit of a stumble there, <laughs> <laughs> But no, nah, no. Nah. Hopefully they can keep
3: going. They keep the good form up. Like we said, it's it's the business end of the season now. Everything counts.
1: Yeah, it certainly does. I'm just looking at some of the comments here as well. Uh, Jim Johnson's got one. Connor Ripley, two visits to Pride Park, eight goals conceded. Uh, yeah, not a great record for him. Uh, we've got Roland Hobbs and Adam Lilly who are both talking about Joe Ward. Uh Roland says Joe Ward has to start the next game, offers a little bit different. Uh Adam talks about as well Sibley, Ward, Bradley have been written off and they've come in with some good performances, which is also true. We've got a question for you, Rob, based on a comment from Stefan Broom. And Stefan says, We have more energy without Hurahan, which I agree with. Uh, but he prefers four at the back with three in midfield. He drops Sonny Bradley, which is harsh. Uh, But Nelson and Cashin look good together in the middle. Uh, And then you'd have Birdie Boo and Thompson in the middle. I mean, taking the players out of it uh, that have just been mentioned, uh, we've talked a lot about, you know, back three, back five, back four. What system's your favourite and which do you think Derby should play and which do you think Derby will play?
4: Without sitting on the fence, I think I'd probably switch between, depending on the opposition. Port Vale were poor yesterday, weren't they? I thought... Pretty, they had that little spell in the kind of second half of the first half, if you want, but they were pretty poor. I think when we're playing Bolton and Portsmouth, it's going to be a different kind of fish. Um, I think Paul Warren is is obviously wants his normal formation that he's brought from Rotherham, which is the three. He's always been more comfortable with that. But Nelson and Cash have looked superb all season, really. And then obviously, you look at the Charlton game and some of those goals that went in in the week, and you can't help but feel that you'd feel safer as a fan with, with Nelson and Cash there. But mm. well, Bradley has done well on the whole, and I'm contradicting what you said about Charlton, but again, it's harsh to drop him. I, I think if you're asking me if we're in the playoff final, I'm probably going four with Nelson and Cash. That's what I'd want to see. Um, but I also think maybe based on what we're saying about Joe Ward and Sibley, there's definitely credibility when we're playing the lesser sides to have the wing backs. You know, we're playing this direct football at Ward Mike's. And I've got to be honest, it's not always been my favourite this season, but as we get to the business end, it I'm is not about sure the results. Surely you're the
1: only one, Rob. <laughs>
4: it, it, is, it is about the results, though, as we've said. So, you know, we've got to get over the lines from out. And when you're playing direct, you really, like the goals yesterday, they come from simple football and crosses into the box. Uh, and that's ultimately, if, if we're getting those two lads on the pitch and we can get it to them and get the balls into the box, we're going to have create chances because they're the best deliverers of a ball in there. And like Sibley's goal, the third one, he's coming at the back post, he's creating chances for himself and the ball from the other side. So to answer your question, I'd want four if we're playing a better side. I think I'd want five if we're playing a weak side back.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, I think there's a lot to to go off, isn't there? I mean, I was thinking then as you were speaking, Rob. Um, you know, obviously playing a four, we can't play Joe Ward at right back, for example, because that's just not his position. Uh, and simply at left-back would be difficult as well. So, again, I'd, I want more players in midfield, but we don't seem to do that. So, I think everyone has its positives and negatives, doesn't it? I think with a full squad, I, I completely agree with you, Rob. I think a back four is the way forward. Uh, I think it just gives us a little bit more going forwards. But at the same time, yeah, you've got you've to look at the players we have available and the two wing-backs. I mean, obviously, it's recency bias because it was quite literally yesterday and they were very good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, at the same time, it's um, it's a good problem to have it's a good problem he, to al- have. he alluded to it
4: didn't he paul one alluded to that and he said there's positive and negatives to both situations i think he acknowledges that but I, you just get the feeling his default is to go back to his three at the back that's what he feels com- most
1: comfortable with yeah yeah, but yeah never I mean, in doubt to... <laughs> yeah no i agree i agree and right we've somehow gone 15 minutes without mentioning his name uh adam but dwight gale Now, when he signed, there was quite a lot of fanfare. Uh, People were very excited about it. Obviously, a player that's had a good career in the Premier League, he's had a great career in the Championship. I mean, if you ignore Stoke, which is where players go to die at the minute, um, when he played for West Brom, when he played for Newcastle in the Championship, he was excellent, scored over 20 goals. And he showed yesterday exactly why. One chance, one goal... Uh, took it brilliantly i mean ebu adams people have been saying it's a great cross either was a rubbish cross it was miles behind him and somehow he's managed to turn it around and nod it into the near corner now we've seen a bit of his movement we've had a little bit of a taste of, of what sort of player he is away at barnsley and at charlton um he didn't get really any chances in either of those games but he's been given one and he scored it i mean adam how impressed have you been with dwight gale so far
2: Well, I think it it was best to judge him off yesterday's game. Like you say, he didn't really get a chance in either of the games. What, 10 minutes at the back end of Barnsley in that game? And then, um, obviously, Charlton was a tricky one. But, yeah, I thought yesterday was exactly what we wanted, isn't it? Someone to finish those chances and to to lead and and spearhead that attack and and be the focal point. And thankfully, we, we had that. And I think that was the biggest difference for me between obviously Port Vale at home and then Charlton at home and also Barnsley away was that we struggled when going forward because we like to play it out wide and get it into the box and we didn't really seem to have anyone for that final ball to land onto in those two games especially Barnsley so I thought Dwight Gale put in a, a good performance I mean one of the smaller people on the pitch and he managed to get on the end of a, a cross for a header which is always nice to see and and yeah, I think we're going to see a few more goals with his feet as well. I think as long as we we played it quite in the air, I thought, with the crosses um, in yesterday's game. And I think Dwight Gale will add that difference in terms of if if and when we do go down the middle, he'll be really effective.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And to be honest, it's controversial. I think I put it in the description of this uh, this episode, actually. But I think already Dwight Gale is our best number nine at the club because I think his his intelligence is miles ahead of any other player we have. You can tell he's played at a high level. You can tell he's had a career in the Premier League. You know, that, that moment where he scored two goals against Liverpool to end their title challenge. I know it was a long time ago, but a player with those moments and a player with that career is going to be so smart. I mean, we said it with Conor Hurahan, didn't we? We are like, Hurahan Premier League quality. He only played in the Premier League for one or two seasons. Dwight Gale played in the Premier League for five or six. And you can tell because he's just a yard ahead in his head. And he's still quick over two or three yards as well, which I've been impressed with. Um, and I guess that's a question for you, Vic. You know, we've seen already, I think he presses really, really effectively. Uh, he presses when he knows he'll win the ball. And I think it makes a huge difference having him up there. The, the tricks, the flicks uh, against Charlton, obviously put Max Bird through and Bird decided he didn't fancy us scoring at that point and, and miss it is passed to to Mendes Lang, but he just offers something that we've not had since uh, a certain striker of last season, doesn't he?
3: Well, I'm glad you made that comparison because I was about <laughs> to do the same thing. Yeah, I mean it's nice to have that uh, the, the David Magogic, um sort of replacement. But I think we were crying out for it at the close season when he'd gone, but Dwight Gale is a little bit more than him. I mean, like you said, he's still got he's still quick over two three yards. You know, he's still got that pace there. Okay, maybe he's not as um, youthful and exuberant as he was before, but he's still there. Like you said, he's probably is our best number nine at the club at the minute. Natural finish um, yesterday, and I think it, there's more to come from him. So I'm really excited to see what he'll bring to this side. Like we said, there's 10 games ten games to go. The potential of Collins coming back as well. I mean, I'm quite excited to see both of them play up top together, if I'm honest. I think that could work. If he was still going to persist with that three-five-two, the Collins and Gale partnership could uh, could end up winning this the league. Uh, don't quote me on that, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. No, Gail's been really good. Um, like you said, his intelligence on and off the ball is brilliant. His movement is spot on, and he really runs himself to the ground as well. I think at the end of like the 65th, 70th minute, when he did come off, he was shattered. And that's all you want from a player is to give everything. And hopefully, with uh, with with him up there now, and the option of Collins coming back, hopefully uh, we've got we've got squad depth now. Uh, I think that will carry us over the line. But I'm really impressed with du- Dwight Gale and I'm sure there's more goals to come from him.
1: An interesting point, Rob, that Vic just made there about playing Gale and Collins up front. And now there's quite a few comments about it already. I, I'm i not sure I agree with that because I think they're both similar players. You know, we talked about Bird and Hurahan in midfield, both trying to play the same role and do the same thing. I think Gale and Collins would end up in the same boat where they're both sort of trying to peel off the last man, make that run into the box and... I don't know. I feel like, I know it's annoying having Mendes Lang up front. I don't think we get the best out of him when we play it. But at the same time, I think you've got to have a bit of variability up top. It's like when we played Waggon and Collins up front, for example. I thought they were two players basically trying to do the same thing. Um, and it, I don't think it really works. But I, I could also know nothing about football. So it's a, it's a tough one. But Rob, I just want to ask you your opinion on it. What do you reckon to, to potentially playing Collins and Gale up front when Collins returns?
4: I mean, will he return? Will he return for this season? Do you think that's that's the first question to ask? Because hopefully we'll get that opportunity, maybe if the, in the playoffs. Don't no, um, say that. <laughs> but I guess the more pressing ones probably: Wag, does Wagon play up front with him? Because that could be something that happens pretty quickly. I think Connor Washington's not going to be back is he anytime soon, so it's likely to be those two, if anything. And I think. It, Dwight Gale would compliment anyone, I think. When he watched him yesterday, as you've all said, he's just the yard in front. He's quick. And I was just watching him for a short time on his own. And he's really vocal amongst the players. You could see he was, he was kind of putting himself about and making his voice heard, shouting at one or two. I could see that. And his head is superb, by the way. The way he hangs in the air and just, it's not powerful, but he just knows exactly what to do. The time is impeccable. So I was really, really impressed with him the first time I've seen him live. I think he could play up front with any of the ones we've got and compliment them. Um, I think the other three that we've got are pretty similar. Like you just said, Jake, I don't think either of those two go together very well at all because there's no real pace there. Um, offer quite similar things in terms of, you know, back to goal, holding the ball up, but not so much in behind. Whereas I think, I think Vic just said, he's still got the yarder pace. He could still play channel balls into Gale and get some some benefit there. So I think, yeah, it's exciting to think that he could play up front with one of the others, particularly as we're chasing games towards the end of the season and needing to get wins if we're behind in games. So, definitely positive about Gale and, and the, the signing of him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. I think he's been a, a, a really positive sign. I think, you know, we we were really worried, weren't we, when Collins was ruled out, but it could end up being a, a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Because, I mean, if Gale can keep playing like this and keep scoring goals, I don't see why whatever league we're in next season, we wouldn't give him another chance He's not. He's not earning massive amounts. I'm pretty sure at Derby, um, at his stage of his career, and with the intelligence that he's got, he can only be an asset, aren't he? As well, which got a note to James Collins as well. Like, I was his biggest oh, yeah. critic,
4: and if we do go up this season, or will do anything. Like he deserves a humongous amount of credit for what he's done in his contribution. He's been head and shoulders better than he was last season, in my opinion. He's work rate and just everything he's brought to the team, I think he's kind of summed up by season. It's not been the prettiest, it's not great, but we are where we are. We were in with a chance for promotion. So, yeah, definitely huge credit and kudos to him. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
1: Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt.
2: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure he definitely won't be forgotten at the end, especially if we... uh, we end up getting promoted to the championship. Um, yeah, we've got a couple of comments as well. Stefan Broom saying Gale's link up players overlooked. Clever player, a little bit like that striker from last season, whose name I won't say because we say it way too many times on this podcast. We've got Stacey who says Dwight stays on the side. Uh, poor James Collins. Uh, I'm sure he'll be very upset seeing that. And uh, yeah, more comments. Ben Chabers saying Gale's link-up play is better than James Collins. But again, it's good to have those options, isn't it? When Collins is back, uh, Washington will be back sooner than uh, sooner than. well, it was said on Tuesday uh, by Paul Warren. Um, he's uh, yeah on his way back from an ankle injury and obviously Wagon's back as well, which is great. Which is really great. But Talking of Tuesday, Adam, we do have to mention it a little bit. We have a tendency on here when we play a Tuesday game and then a Saturday game to just forget the Tuesday game ever happened. (laughs) We're very good at that. Uh, But we do have to talk about it. I mean, I I think it was night and day, Tuesday and Saturday, because Tuesday, Charlton, we get the goal, great header, Aaron Cash in near post. And then we sat back and then we tried to defend and we tried to soak up pressure against a Charlton team that weren't really high on confidence, and we can... the slightest. Uh I think I disappeared for a second then, did I? a little yeah. bit yeah. Cool. yeah yeah that's fine right i don't know what i'd said but yeah so Charlton, uh long ball over the top um and you know we just opened ourselves up to it joe wildsmith makes a silly mistake but we played into their hands and even though they were low on confidence you know we didn't help ourselves and they ended up benefiting from it and they ended up turning the game on its head and winning the game whereas on Saturday, we scored the goal and we kept going. We kept pushing. We didn't slow the game down. We kept fighting and we ended up getting a comfortable win. I mean, Adam, it's really important that we keep doing that, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think that's the one of the biggest differences in terms of performance on Saturday from maybe, maybe the majority of this season, I would say, is that we went for more goals. I think everybody can guess that when we go a goal up, you know, we're thinking we're probably going to sit back now and try and defend this lead and invite pressure onto us. And we've done it time and time again this season. Sometimes it's worked. You know, you look at Charlton away. We won one 0 there. I think that was a, a good example of where it did work. We limited them to chant, to little to nothing. But then there's also been games where it hasn't worked and we've taken the lead and, and dropped points. And I would say you know, I've mentioned this game numerous times, but it was the epitome of this sort of football was was Bristol where he was away last season, won the lot five minutes in, and then sat back and could have very easily lost it and took a point. But I think Saturday's performance was was a lot different. I thought we like you say we, we pressed for more goals and obviously Charlton at home, we didn't do that. But then, like you say, night and day, we, we did push for goals on Saturday and um and thankfully we scored a couple because of the quality. Performances that Sibley and, and Joe Ward put in. And I think it's important that we do continue to push for more goals because we've got goals in this team. You know, players such as Mendes, Lang, Dwight Gale, who we brought in, Max Birds popping up with a few goals at the moment. Obviously, Louis Sibley's looking to add his fifth, and I think it's important that we still continue to to push for them because I think it's become far too common for Derby to sit back in games this season um, and invite pressure onto us, and it, it's more often than not. Um, Made us come unstuck really, and 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 drop points, and and like I keep saying, these final ten games to go, you you really need to be putting the goals in the back of the net and and keep in form. So hopefully we can continue to do that. I think the big question of whether we can still do that is when we play Bolton at home in a couple of weeks in that massive game, um, that we've all got one eye on and all very nervous about. So if let's see how we play in that one. But yeah, like like you said, that the difference between performances in in Charlton and. And obviously at home against Port Vale and yesterday was massive and and definitely a positive reaction.
1: Yeah, and it was exactly what we needed, wasn't it, Vic? Because you could see against Charlton, the players' confidence took a massive knock. Uh, they seemed reluctant to even pass to each other at times, which, you know, when you're a team in second in the league, you expect to sort of, even when you suffer a setback, you've got to bounce back and, and take the game by the scruff of the neck when you get the opportunity. And we didn't really do that, but... On Saturday, we showed a little bit of character, even though Port Vale had spells where they were on top and we made a couple of shaky mistakes as well. We always bounced back and we always showed, like I said, that character to to stay in the game and eventually win the game quite comfortably. I mean, can you see that continuing? I mean, just looking at our running, obviously, we've got Bristol Rovers, which we'll talk about later on. And then we've got Reading and Bolton at home, which are going to be two massive, massive games. Um, What do you think?
3: Oh, you just put me off then. I don't remember your question. What was your question again? Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shocking behaviour, that is. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Can we keep this character up? Uh, do you believe this Derby team's got the right mentality?
3: I think if we keep playing round pegs and round holes, then yeah, we've got the right mentality. Again, we've got to look at each individual position and where our strengths lie. Like, for example, you said we've got to play Bolton in a few weeks. We know that if Dion Charles is fit and if they're, some of their strikers are fit, then we know that we've got problems on our hands and maybe we probably will see a back five, potentially. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, you've got to take the positives out of yesterday's game. Um, I think they did well to come back from the defeat at Charlton. I think the defeat at Charlton stung a lot of people, um, fans and players included, because it was just one that I say we don't didn't expect, but then you knew as we sat back more and more, it was inevitable that these goals are going to come. I think we're in a position now where... I think we're gonna to have to start scoring more than the opposition, regardless of how our style is. We can't afford to get a goal lead and just sit back. We know I just that was
1: said to help Vic.
3: <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a bit like the Lam- it's a bit like how Lampard played in that season. It just we're gonna outscore the opposition. I think that's what we need to do going forward now. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got the mentality, we've got the character. There's plenty of leaders in that in that dressing room. There, plenty of leaders on the pitch. Why not? We've got and don't forget, don't forget, we got to play Bombier as well away, and that's gonna be an even tougher game. So, yeah. uh, tougher for the fans yeah. as
1: well, putting on shoes the oh, yeah. night, which, yeah, I no, I completely agree. Vic, it's stupid, isn't it? It's stupid, but that's Sky Sports for you, um, as we've seen. Um, but Rob, I mean, we talked a lot about mentality. Uh, <laughs> so I've just seen Jim Johnson's comment saying Waggon's a better defender than striker at the moment. Asked Max Bird, uh, yeah, what a block from Waggon towards the end of the game. <laughs> Poor Max Bird thought he'd scored. Um, but the mentality thing. I think we we talked about it a lot over the last two years. Can Derby be nastier? Can Derby be more aggressive? Ibu Adams has brought that instantly because he's willing to jump kick anyone uh, that comes near him. Uh, I've seen that picture of um, when him and that bloke ended up having a scrap in the second half and played yeah. carried on. Uh, <laughs> don't, didn't really understand what the ref was thinking with that one. Uh, but there was a moment as well where Sonny Bradley, we had a corner towards the end of the first half, and Sonny Bradley, the keeper, was sort of in the middle, and he walked to the back post, picked up the keeper's water bottle, took the lid off, poured it all out onto the floor and threw it back in the goal. Now, <laughs> I was right in front of the north stand, and me and my brother started, we were like, what? Um but I mean, that mentality—we are a nastier team now, or a more aggressive team. That's got to play a big part, hasn't it?
4: We're going to need that for sure. I think, as I've said earlier in different um, answers to your questions, you know, from a fan's point of view, I don't think anyone's looking at this football saying it's it's sexy. That's for sure. We're not having been used to a senior and before that, like Lampard and the, the kind of football we're used to. It's a completely different approach. It's pragmatic. What many people say you need to get out of this league, I'm not necessarily sure. I don't think Ipswich uh, got out of there playing the kind of football we're playing. I think there is another way. But I'm bought into it now at the end of the day. You can be two ways as a fan. You can keep moaning about it or you can just get behind them. and, and It's much better to try and buy into what you're doing and just kind of see it through at the end of the day. This could be a promotion for many of us. We haven't seen many of them in our lifetime. So I'm still very hopeful that... You know eventually when we get a bit nearer the end, if we're where we are, that the fan base will unite behind him. And um, we certainly a nastier side than at the start of the season. I think when you think of those first two games at home against Oxford and was it Wigan, and we'd kind of just let them roll us over really with quality and attitude. We don't seem to get those anymore, although you look at Charlton and think what really happened there. I don't think anyone can analyze that game and make much sense of it, it was just poor. I suppose you do get a stinker every now and again barnsley was different it wasn't really like that so you're going to lose games against the sides around you but hopefully the Charlton ones are one off and we won't get any more of them if we lose to portsmouth or bolton it's probably going to be on merit um but fingers crossed you know if we could let's say we get three points on saturday and then we managed to beat both of them the momentum's completely with us at that point you'd say we're probably going to be strong favorites to get promoted and and the fan base is going to be in a much better position going into that home run so yeah i'm I'm more positive than probably i was a bit earlier on in the season
1: (laughs) well you'd have to hope so i mean i've got the league table up in front of me portsmouth top 36 played, 76 points i think they're up i think they're gonna be fine uh but if you look at the teams underneath you've got derby 36 played 69 points bolton 35 played 69 points barnsley 34 played 66 points Now, Barnsley and Bolton obviously have to play each other. That's both of their games in hand as well. So at least one of them will drop points in that one. Um, I think every Derby fan sat there hoping for a draw. Uh, I think that would probably be the most beneficial overall. But, I mean, it's really, really tight up at the top. You've got to have a little bit of faith. But we've seen it, Adam. We've seen it recently, right? Pride Park's atmosphere. How many times have we talked about it being rubbish? Because for the majority of the season, it has. You know, even even when we're winning games, it's been rubbish. It's been quiet. It's been silent. But the last two games, I think, or three games, I think it's been much better. And I think it's made a huge impact on the players as well. You can see what it brings to them. You know, even when we'll win a quarter and there's that roar from the crowds and, you know, Louis Sibley or Joe Ward are running to the corner to, to put the ball into the box, it just gives them that extra lift. And it's definitely made a difference, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, it's huge. And I think, you know, this might be a bit off topic, but we talked about Barnes as tactical now to switch ends. But I think also was playing towards south stand the second halfs Helps a hell of a lot in terms of the atmosphere. Obviously, I know most people associate with the south stand with the area which generates the atmosphere. And playing towards it in that second half, it's, it's definitely almost like the, the stand sucking the ball into the net sometimes when the atmosphere can be lifted. So I, I think it has definitely helped. I think Stevenage was the clear example of that. And the atmosphere was superb at the end, and then obviously yesterday I think it helped get that third goal for Derby to keep pushing. Um, as long as as long as we keep creating chances, I'm, I'm sure the atmosphere will continue to to grow and get better because that's what the fans want, isn't it? You know, just a little bit of excitement here and there, something to get behind. Because I think you know when we spoke about Derby sitting back on on Leeds, I think that almost calms down the atmosphere a little bit, and creates a little bit of nerves, similar to the the players on the pitch but you know when we do try something even if it doesn't come off it, it excites the fans a little bit more and we've got a couple of players who can do that Kane wilson with his footwork joe ward with his crosses into the box it it adds that extra little bit of excitement so i think yeah the atmosphere is going to continue to build especially with these 10 games to go you know usually when derby've been the underdogs in these situations then the atmosphere's been superb i think now i think more eyes are on us really than than what we're used to sitting second in the division um. So, so yeah, I think the atmosphere is going to continue to build, and, and hopefully we have a few more exciting games in there, a couple of more high scoring games. You know, I think some fans might not agree with me, but I don't mind if we're if we're three 0 up, and a side gets a goal and it just generates that atmosphere a little bit more. I'm I'm all for that, and I'm all for the all for the end of the game excitement. As long as we don't lose, it costs us, but as long as uh, as long as it just heightens that atmosphere a little
1: bit more, then I'm all for it. There we go. You heard it here. Adam hopes we can see, so it makes us laugh. <No. laughs> <laughs> so keep that in mind if uh, any Derby players are listening. Uh, or Paul Warren. Paul Warren gets someone to put it in the net, and uh, yeah, no, I get your point. I get your point. Um, but I mean, Vic, you know, Adam's talked about it there. The the atmosphere sucking the ball into the net. It's it does make a big difference, and I think one of the, one of the things that does do it is I think we're kind of the underdogs a little bit now. It's weird saying that because, again, being bitterly delusional, we are the biggest team in the league, aren't we, realistically? Uh, even though that means absolutely nothing, we are the biggest team in the league. Um and we've, we've lost our cup final against Barnsley, which has obviously given them a big lift and probably put them in pole position with the running that they've got and the form that they're in. Uh, Bolton as well, obviously, have had games in hand on us for what seems like about six years. Uh, and they've been closing in on us as well. Obviously, heavy promotion favourites. I think out of the four teams sort of battling at the top, I think Derby are probably on paper, fourth favourites with, you know, the, the form that we have, the way that we play, especially. Um, and I think that might actually help us a little bit because it's given the crowd a little bit of a lift. You know, we have to win. We've got 10 games left. We have to win every game if we want to be up there. Even if we lose a game, we have to win the next one. We have to win the next one. And you can feel it in the ground, you know, especially when that first goal went in, Sibley's screamer, which took eight deflections and went in. You know, even though it was one of the worst goals I've ever seen, the atmosphere was, was amazing. Um, and you could really feel it sort of giving the players a boost. Do you think now, now we're sort of getting into that business and fans are willing to forgo the the football that we're playing because we really just need that ball in the back of the net? I think so,
3: yeah. And I think it's it's that prospect of promotion. Isn't it? It's literally like within touching distance now. And I think the fans know that if we can give our all... Give the support in the stands, it will reflect on the pitch as well. And I think, to be fair, I think we're starting to see at the Port Bell game, we were a lot more attacking, the atmosphere was better. Also, credit to the boys in the southwest corner, they're they're generating a lot of noise up there, and it's getting the south stand going, it's getting the east stand going. And we're sort of really creating a fortress at Pride Park now. And especially when most of our, I think, out of the 10 remaining games, I think most of them are at home as well. It's going, to be, it's going to be really important. Like you said, it's, we moaned about the underdog mentality all season, but I think that's what's sort of spurring us on. Um, like I said, if we look at paper, we'll probably fourth for whether it's to go up, but maybe it relieves the pressure off the lads as well, uh, both on the pitch and in the stands, that if we just give it a go, give it everything, we'll see where it takes us. Uh, the the carrots dangling in front of us now, promotion. So hopefully we can go and clinch it. But as long as we keep doing what we're doing in the stands, the boys will keep doing it on the pitch. Like I said, we've got to win every game. So let's do what we can to push us over the
1: line. Exactly, exactly. Very wise, Vic. Has anyone ever told you that you're a, you're a wise man? Comes with age, mate. Comes with age. <laughs> age. <laughs> you're in your early thirties. <laughs> I feel fifty. I feel fifty watching this club. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned the fixtures there. We've got Bristol Rovers away and then Reading at home, Bolton at home, Northampton away, which will undoubtedly be moved for the international <coughs> break. Uh, Blackpool at home, uh, Portsmouth away, Wickham away, Leighton Orient at home, Cambridge away and Carlisle at home. So I think, yeah, there's, there's just a few more home games than away games. And I mean, we've seen it all season, Rob. Our home form hasn't been great, but we this is the time. If we're ever going to pick up our home form, now's the time to do it.
4: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he said I'm not allowed to swear, so I'll just say I'm nervous about Saturday. <laughs> We're a Bristol company, and our co-founder is a huge Bristol Rovers fan, so I will not live it down if we if we lose down there. Um, so I'm secretly nervous about that. Obviously, get past that, and then just the way the fixtures have fallen, because we then play the two big boys next back to back. I think that that will be a maker or breaker. I think it might, you know, ultimately is good. It could be a good thing for us. Like I said, if you've got the momentum then of getting even a draw and a winning one of those two games, you then go into a run of relatively not easy games, not but winnable say. games <laughs> to, to finish off the season. Um, if we lose those two games, then all of a sudden we, it, it becomes like, is it going to be backs against the wall for the playoffs? I don't think I'm going to drop out of that, but we certainly have, lo- at least we've got a bit more time to get some momentum back for the playoffs. I think in terms of the home support, as I've said, and almost answer to every one of these questions, the football isn't fantastic. And as a fan, it's really difficult to kind of generate atmosphere around football that we're playing. There's no like passage of play where we're completely on top where you like corner after corner where you're cheering them on. It's just so bitty and batty and scrappy that you're really having to work hard to generate the atmosphere. But like Vic said, I think the Southwest and um, the South stand obviously are picking it up. I think everyone, as you go towards promotion can see that kind of, carrot dangling, as someone said earlier, and I think generally we're pulling together a little bit more than maybe we were sort of even three or four games ago. I I go to quite a lot of the away games and the atmosphere is always pretty good there. I think it's no secret why we've done better away from home because generally we were able to stay with the team for longer and there's a couple of shockers earlier in the season, but hopefully Pride Park's sort of warm into that and that will really do us a good turn towards the end of the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned Bristol Rovers there. Let's do a quick preview of that. So, obviously, we've got comments already about Chris Martin, uh, obviously scored at Pride Park. Um, He's been in incredible form. He's one of the top goal scorers in the division. Uh, Who'd have thought that? Um, But they're they're looking a good side. They're looking a good side now. Bristol Rovers, different side to the one that we played earlier in the season. I think it's going to be a really tough test. It's going to be a really difficult game. And uh, I don't know. Don't know anymore. We're getting to that, that nervy part. Um, what's that clip, is it? I can't remember it is. Thomas Skitter, where he's like, oh, don't get nervous. Well, it starts to get a bit, That's how I feel at every Derby game at the minute. So, I mean, Adam, go on. Give us, if if you're brave enough, give us a score prediction. Give us some goal scorers. Bristol, what are you thinking?
2: Like Vic said earlier, try and outscore the opposition. I'll, I'll go... A 3-2 win, I think we're going to score three goals wow. again. Um, I think Chris Martin inevitably is going to get on the score sheet, um, but I'll go with the 3-2 win, um, sort of just just let it happen. we we'll let the football play out and um, maybe Sibley will be on the score sheet again and, and hopefully Mendes Lang pops up with two. That would
3: be good.
1: That would be good. Vic, what do you reckon, mate? I'm going to agree with
3: Adam, I think. I think it's going to be a goal fest. I think we'll win 3-2, just because my heart says so. But honestly, I'd take a point. But I think we'll win 3-2. I think on the score sheet, we'll have Dwight Gale with the brace and a Chris martin own goal to give us the three points. That's what we want.
1: Come on, Chrissy Martin, (laughs) put it in the net for us. (laughs) (laughs) That would certainly be something. And Rob, what do you reckon, mate? Tough
4: one. I mean, Chris Martin definitely upped his game for that home game, was he? he? was all over the place, elbows everywhere flying. He'll definitely be banging up for it. I just think we'll have too much for them. I know they've got quite a few injuries, people coming back. I think it could be 2-0. I think we could score both of them late on. It'll be quite cagey. We'll score one about 70 minutes. They'll go for it and we'll get one on the break in the, in the other time. That's what I'm going 2-0. Oh,
1: go on, Give us some goal scorers. Be brave.
4: Yeah, let's go for it. Um, let's go. Mendes Lang, first goal. Blackett head off the bench for the second one on the break.
1: That'd be good. Yeah, it'd be nice for Corey Blackett Taylor to get his uh, derby, I was going to say stint, derby, can you call it that after like three games? His uh, his derby (laughs) career up and running, let's say that, let's say that. And yeah, I mean, Jim Johnson's also said 3-2 and he said that before you said it, Vic, as well. Um, So it's interesting that three of you have gone for the same scoreline. He said Gale times 2 and Bird and I agree, I think it's going to be a classic goal hanger 2-1. Uh, I think it's a really difficult game, probably similar to the first game. I think we'll score early, probably a corner uh, because we're good at those. Uh, Sonny Bradley will score again um, because he's, you know, top goal scorer now hanging at that back post bullet header. uh, Adam's happy every time he sees him bury one in the back of the net. And um, the other goal, I think Joe Ward's going to score a free kick. I've just got a feeling we've been, we've not had a free kick goal in a while, apart from, you know, we've obviously got Max Bird's, but we've had a right footed free kick goal in a while. So, Yeah, it'd be good to uh, to get that. And Stefan's been really depressing and said 2-0 Bristol, which uh, has has lowered the mood slightly. But we're all positive. We all think that Derby are going to win. Uh, whether they will is a different story but uh, let's hope we're, we're leaving bristol next week uh, with a smile on our faces so thank you so much for listening if you did enjoy please do like subscribe uh, give us a rating. in we've had loads of ratings recently on spotify and apple pods which is great and they've all been five stars which is even better so if you want to join those guys who are clearly really great people and uh, rate us five star that'd be really appreciated and as always you can check out our other content discussion points on twitter and uh, see our adventures on instagram so yeah thank you so much for listening now rob this is your first time since we've started doing this stupid thing of episodes uh, but thankfully you're at the end so you'll know exactly what we're doing by the time it gets to you so thank you very much for listening goodbye from me
2: goodbye from me
1: the rams are going up goodbye from me Up the Rams, up the funnel. (laughs) You have to say goodbye from me, Rob. (laughs) Goodbye from me, up the Rams. (laughs) Up the Rams, you heard the man. We'll see you next week, hopefully after three more points. Up the Rams.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com
1: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter